By 2050, it is estimated that we will need around a 50% increase in crop yield to feed our rapidly growing population. However, it turns out that algae, the slimy green layer often found on the surface of ponds in summer, may provide a solution to this problem. I chatted with Luke Mackinder from the University of York about how a better understanding of algae may allow us to engineer faster growing crops in the future. My research is focused around understanding uh, why algae are so efficient at photosynthesis. Nearly all algae use a mechanism called a carbon concentrating mechanism, which boosts photosynthesis. And photosynthesis is the fixation of CO2 using energy from sunlight to produce sugars which drive cell growth. At the centre of the carbon concentrating mechanism in algae is an organelle called the pyrenoid, which we knew very little about. Uh, we knew that the main CO2 fixing enzyme called Rubisco was present in this organelle. We also hypothesised that if we understood enough about this organelle, we could think about engineering it into plants to in turn boost photosynthesis and increase crop yields. But first we wanted to get a good picture of the different components which made up this organelle. So we devised a strategy to give us a sort of blueprint uh, and this allowed us to discover lots of new proteins which were localised or found within this organelle. What kind of proteins did you find in there and did they give you any indication of why photosynthesis is effective in these organelles? We've discovered um, tens of new proteins which we're currently working on. Some we think are involved in actual CO2 transport into the pyrenoid. So these behave like channels which allow CO2 to pass through a, a membrane and allowing it to be released within the pyrenoid in close proximity to rubisco. In a second study, we wanted to try and understand a bit more about how the organelle divides and how it, how it functions. And so to test this, what we did was take rubisco, which was tagged with again with a fluorescent protein, and, and we turned off the fluorescent protein in half of the pyrenoid and leaving it on in the other half. And then we watched over time what happened, and we saw that this mixed rapidly within a time frame of about 30 seconds, showing that the pyrenoid was actually very dynamic. And so with this data, we now have a, a picture that the pyrenoid is actually a lot more like a liquid and behaves as a liquid. And so do you think that this makes a difference in the efficiency of photosynthesis? Yes. So in an aquatic environment, algae can experience very rapid changes in the amount of carbon dioxide available to them, meaning that they need to modify photosynthesis very rapidly. And by having your rubisco as, as a liquid, you can rapidly change the amount of rubisco in this liquid by changing its phase. And these are interesting findings in themselves. But as you mentioned, this could have further implications for crop plants such as wheat and rice? Yes, so there's current modelling showing that if we could engineer a carbon concentrating mechanism into crop plants, we could potentially boost yields by up to 60%. So by having this detailed knowledge of the carbon concentrating mechanism and the pyrenoid, we think we're in a strategically better position to start engineering it now into higher plants. 
is the plan to synthesize an entire paranoid organelle or would you like to take candidate proteins from the ones you've found and see if those can be incorporated into other plants? So yes, so currently we're taking candidates which we think are playing critical roles in carbon concentrating mechanism and in pyrenoid assembly and putting these into plants. We actually think the essential ones might be fairly limited. So theoretically, we might be able to engineer a pyrenoid with only four or five components. Obviously, consumers are quite interested you know, their ears kind of pick up when they hear inserting new genes into a plant. So would the plant then become a genetically modified organism? Yes. So in the future, I think we will have to make choices about using biotechnology in food production. And these choices will be to either try and increase yields and to alleviate some of the food production issues we're going to face uh, by using biotechnology or we could choose not to use it and potentially have or, or see consequences associated with low production. Well, that's certainly some food for thought. That was Luke McIndoe and his work is published in the journal Cell.